Hey everybody, just want you to know before we start the podcast that you can pre-order today a copy of Provoked, the new book by Juan Galloway. Provoked is how to love people relentlessly and do beautiful works that make you and others come alive. So pre-order it today at newyorkcityrelief.org slash provoked. I want everybody to know that half the proceeds go to help our friends who are struggling with homelessness. So help us out today. Go ahead and pre-order at newyorkcityrelief.org slash provoked. And that is today's useful tidbit of information. In a world that needs something to read, that will lead them into bold new horizons, a new book emerges. Provoke. How to love people relentlessly, doing beautiful works that make you and others come alive by Juan Galloway. It's a book so daring that it demands to have its own podcast. Hosted by Juan Galloway, President and CEO, and Alec Goebel, Outreach Leader of New York City Relief, a mobile outreach to people experiencing homelessness. Turn up the volume, open your mind, and prepare to be provoked. Hey, we're back at Provoked the Podcast. I'm Juan Galloway. And I am Alec Goebel. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're glad to be back. Today we are tackling Chapter 4, Provoked to Build Community. Right. This is Part 5, Chapter 4, by the way. Right. If yeah. you're confused about that, you're just going to have to go all the way back to the beginning, start over, and listen through it That's again. true. Maybe yeah. they want to listen in order. I don't know. That's right. You know, basically, just to remind people, we're taking one chapter at a time of my book, Provoked, and we're talking about it together, yep. uh, mostly to have fun on our days off. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're doing. All right. I'm going to have a sip of coffee. Here we go. Yes. We like to fully caffeinate before recording. <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> to jumpstart our brains. It's an important thing. It's vital, I think. Yes. Amen. Possibly. So this chapter is provoked to build community. And, you know, I guess the reason I wrote about this is because working at New York City Relief, it's not just like working at some charity or some ministry. We're actually very um, uh, diligent or proactive about building community, like being a -hmm. spiritual community. Right. You know what I mean? Which not every, I, I guess I've experienced it more at this job than any other job. How about you? I definitely have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of course, this is, this is really the first, I guess you'd say the first job I've had that actually is a ministry job. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, for me, you know, it's kind of like the difference between this and, and the corporate world. It's, it's night and day. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. It's not <laughs> so, like working at IBM. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I've worked for some really good companies before, and that's that's not an issue. But uh, working for New York City Relief is entirely different. I mean, this is the only place that I've ever actually been able to be vulnerable mm. and to be transparent. Right. And that actually be the catalyst to build me up to be yeah. a better person, to be more effective. To me, it's the best part of working at New York City Relief. Yes. And I guess that's why I wrote the chapter is like it, it really is significant to me. We have a motto for our spiritual community. <laughs> it's it's uh, fighting for each other's hearts. Yes. And 
I like that terminology because it's aggressive. Like we have to do something. We have to press into it. We have to go for it. Not fight with each other, but fight for each other's right. hearts. Right. That sounds better than something like caring for each other's hearts. I mean, we do that, yeah. right? Yeah. But fighting, it's absolutely right. It's something that you've got to be proactive. You've got to be moving forward. You have to persevere. Persevere. Because yeah. you're fighting. It's like, okay. Right. You know, you really have to There's go for it. There's got to be some work it. involved. Yeah. yeah. So. And I think it bleeds out onto the streets, you know, because that's who we care for yeah. is people out question it does. suffering and struggling, living on the streets. And, you know, it's not so simple to just help them. We actually have to fight for their hearts. Right. You know, and, and that's, that's a powerful thing. And it's a, it's a tough thing, I think. Uh, but it's an amazing, miraculous thing too yeah. to bring community to people who are so isolated and alone. You see it every day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, I think if we, if we didn't aspire to do community, to do community the Mm. way that we do community, you know, how can we really be bringing that to our friends on the street? How, how can we be genuine about that when it's so important to bring community to those who have none? And not everybody knows this, but at our job, we start our week Well, on Tuesday morning. Anyway, we start the week with all of us together and we worship. Yep. And we pray like all morning for each other, for people on the streets, for um, the mission. I mean, we're just, we're praying for volunteers and we're praying for each other. We're going around the room and like worship will be going and we're laying hands on each other and you're praying for me and I'm praying for somebody else. And it's like, man, I love working here. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) And then somebody will share a devotional. We'll just encourage each other uh, or show a video that's really encouraging and, um, you know, last week you showed uh, Brian, well, Todd White. Todd White. Todd yeah. White. Yeah. You know, the week before, I think I showed Tim Keller. You know, talk about two like polar opposites personality wise, <laughs> but it was both awesome. Yeah. And then sometimes we share just from our own experiences and stories. And I, I have to say, when people share at our job, like they get real. They, they share stuff maybe they wouldn't tell anybody, but we trust each other. Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing <laughs> to I be know. able to experience and- this. Yeah, I mean, um, like Teresa shared a few weeks ago, yeah. and there are some things she shared I, I didn't really know yet about her history and her and life. And I told and, her afterwards, I said, "Thank you. That was yeah. so good and powerful, and it encouraged it me really to be moving. more real and vulnerable and right. open up." So I said, "You really taught me something. Thank you." Yeah, and I mean, I'd have I'd have to say that 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 level of community it has been a process for me. Mm. Like I didn't just walk into New York City Relief and have that down pat. That was right. something that that I've had to grow in. But while I've had this time of growing, people have come around me and have encouraged me to do it, you know, and encouraged me to, uh, to open up because that just didn't seem like, uh, it didn't really seem natural to me. You know, when I first came to New York city relief, joining the organization, um, that level of community was, was really like not a natural thing for me. So it, it felt scary to be honest with you, but I kind of learned, you know, over, over some time and with a lot of encouragement from others in our community right. that this is not a natural thing. It is it's more a, a supernatural yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, it really mm. is like, this is more God's way. This is not man's way. And I've worked for some really good companies. I think I said that, but, yeah. um, you know, that's just, that's just not how it's done in the corporate world. <laughs> yeah, no, that's for you sure. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's not the thing. And in, in the corporate world, you've got to guard your vulnerabilities carefully. Yeah. You got to cover your really, butt. <laughs> exactly. Right? You can't show the, you can't show signs of weakness. You can't always just feel free to be mm. like who you really are. Keep your guard up. Yeah. Um, 
And so, you know, for me uh, to come to New York City Relief, and, and I can't sit here and say that I've got this like I'm, I'm an expert, you know, expert, expert level with this right now. I but, think you're a black belt. <laughs> but not like a 10th degree black belt right. yet. But I've... Working on it. I've really come to see the value of it. And so now for me, I'm all in. You know what I mean? Like I've completely subscribed to the idea um, that is the community that and, we have there. And you're not going to cancel you know? your subscription. And it's still either, a little bit either. of a, yeah, I'm not canceling my <laughs> subscription. You know, so, <laughs> you know, there's a scripture. Um, I mean, this is not like we just made it up and we're like hippies in a commune. <laughs> the Bible talks. This is how the early church was. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like Romans 12, four says for just as one of us has each of us has one body with many members like arms and legs. These members do not all have the same function. Uh, so in Christ, we, though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. So we belong to each other. That's a pretty yeah. serious commitment level to one another to belong to each other. Right. It's like, uh, that, of course, that's a stretch to practice, right? Yeah. That's 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 community. That's real community. Right. And and there's also the scripture that says submit one to another, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to submit to each other. So that's the hard part. too. And what is that? <laughs> yeah. Think of all that implies, you know, that's like putting aside all of your ways and kind of like taking up something else, you know, and something that you might need to work on because right. it might not be something that like all your life as you've been raised and what's been programmed into your mind is just going to come out naturally. So yeah, you kind of have to deprogram kind of the, the American culture society's kind of norm in order to, I think, mine the riches of what God designed us to actually be living out with the people we love and care about. Um, and you know, the thing is, the power of it is the world we know, know that we're Christians by our love for one another. Yeah. You know, so if we want them to really believe this thing works, they're going to look at how, how do you do um, division? How do you break through division and strife and, and achieve unity? Well, it's not easy. That's for sure. Yeah. But that's the nitty gritty, isn't it? Of is this Jesus thing real? This Bible thing real? Well, can it help us resolve our differences and our troubles and heal when we hurt each other? And can we overcome hurts? Cause we've stepped right. on, you know, everybody on staff, we've stepped on somebody's toes at one time or another and probably hurt their feelings or offended them. Yeah. But it's then how do you deal with it after that, right. you know, to make it right. And if, if you do that, that's when community really happens. When you become really close, when you've, you've, you dig in deep. You yeah. know, that it's not easy. It's scary. Like you were saying, yeah, it that's is. scary <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it is. It is scary, um, but it's more than worth it, Yeah, you know? And so, and, and a lot of it, a lot of it takes you to that point of really coming to recognize where your deficiencies are, you mm-hmm. know? And that's super important because, you know, we have this way of thinking almost sort of, um, you know, instinctively. We're thinking that the way this guy is doing stuff, like we're looking at somebody else mm-hmm. and we're finding fault with right. the things that they're doing. And that's become an instinct for us because that person doesn't think like us, right. you know, but it really is the greatest analogy of the body of Christ because as, you know, as, as depicted, like all the members of the body are different, right? Mm-hmm. So why would you expect, you know, the hand to work the same as the foot, you know, yeah. I mean, they might look a little bit similar in yeah. some ways, but they can't really do all the same things, you know? So yeah. maybe that's not even the best example, but like, no, that, you know, that's cool. And the you eye know, to the ear. Yeah. And this is what Jesus was talking about. Right. And, yeah. and, and Jesus communed with people. 
And the, the word commune literally means to share your intimate thoughts or feelings, especially when it's on a spiritual level. And he really went deep with people. Like he, he could have kept them at arm's length, kind of like, I'm the teacher, just listen right. to my lesson. The rabbi. No, no, the no. Almighty rabbi. He, he got into their business, yeah. right? I mean, he, was, he wasn't afraid to go there. And, and that's a scary place because when you get into people's business, they feel judged and defensive and scared. But he's like, no, I love you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, I'm not here to put you down. I'm here to help you. Right. And so, of course, if we're going to follow Jesus, we've got to do that stuff. And of course, we're not good at it. We've got to learn, right? And that's what, and here's the cool thing, communion, like I'm talking about, it has the word union in it, which is cool. And communion is done in community, which has the word unity. It's all about, you know, getting closer um, and, and kind of like fighting for each other's hearts. Yeah. You know, that, that's it in a nutshell. Right. And And it accepts diversity too. So like you fighting for somebody that you don't really understand how they think, you know, that's important, but sometimes you're fighting against yourself. You're fighting against your own mm. selfish inclinations. Yeah. You know, if you're fighting for their heart and you have like, you cannot relate whatsoever to, <laughs> to how they think they're, they're a completely yeah. different personality. Right. Um, you know, and the, the, the solutions they come up with, they don't seem, you know, mm. so you've got to be open to that. And, and be able I to find say, that like, Christians you know, have a really hard fits. time doing community with non-Christians. Okay. Or as I like to call right. them pre-Christians. They're just not there yet. Because we found a common denominator <laughs> amongst ourselves, right? right? We do what people naturally do. We every, And everybody does this yeah. in every culture. You kind of huddle with those who are like you, look like you, smell like you, talk like you. You know, that's kind of tribal kind of instinct. But it's not, it's not the fullness of the kingdom of God. That's right. He calls us to go out and befriend. Jesus was a friend to sinners. So in other words, people who were lost in darkness, he was the light. The light just dove into the darkness. That's yeah. incredible. That's amazing. I like and, that. Yeah. And so dove in. I, I read, I put this in my book, Reckless uh, abandon. a quote by a guy. He said that as Christians, we're supposed to have soft edges and firm centers. So in other words, be approachable, be someone that others can connect to and not be put off by, but also have an inner firmness of this is what I believe. And I'm really solid on this. Like I believe Jesus is the way, but I'm not going to use that to beat you over the head with that reality. I'm yeah. going to let you come close so that we can kind of organically build relationship and eventually get to the, you know, kind of like the center of the Tootsie Pop. Remember that commercial? How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie <laughs> yep. Pop? So if we're out there, I still don't know what the answer to that. Is. I don't know. It's like one, two, three, you know? So you know, literally as we're interacting with people who don't know God. And for us, we're interacting with a lot of people who well, they're, they're struggling with, you know, addiction, with mental illness, with poverty, with unemployment, with homelessness. I mean, yeah, there's a lot we don't have in common, but as we get to know each other, it's like they, I like them. I get to know people and I'm like, wow, this person is really cool. They have something going on that I don't have. And I recognize it. And I'm like, wow, I, I want to get to know them. And hopefully if I acknowledge that, it draws them close. I have that soft edge where it pulls them in because I genuinely like I'm interested. And then they get to encounter the firm center. You yeah. know what I mean? Of, yeah. of what we stand for and what we believe. And, you know, that it's it's not something that makes us uh, exclusive. It should actually make us inclusive. Like, come on in. You know what I mean? Right. That, that Jesus With Jesus, there was no outsiders. He flipped the whole system upside down and said, Oh, you thought only the Jews could have God. Actually, it's everybody, everybody, even the Samaritans, even the, the Romans. I mean, he's like, 
Right, and in the end, he said, make disciples of all nations. Yes. Every yeah, nation. Exactly. That's everybody. Nobody excluded. Yeah. You know, Mother Teresa had this, this quote that was pretty awesome. She said, we think sometimes that poverty is only about being hungry, naked, and homeless. The poverty, poverty of being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for is the greatest poverty. We must start in our homes to remedy this kind of poverty. So when she mm. first starts talking about people who feel unloved and unwanted, I, I think of people who are like, you know, have big problems like the people we're talking about. She says it starts at home. Like there may be someone in your own home that's lonely, feels isolated. They don't feel like connected. So like, you know, that's pretty insightful for, you know, uh, a nun, you know what I'm saying? Like to have that kind of insight to know that's that, that poverty of relationship, in other words, is something we're all starving and hungry for. And she's like, start at home. And that's why we do it at work. It's like, it starts at home, right? It's like fight for each other's hearts here and then you can do it out there. Right. You know, it overflows out onto yeah. the streets. Well, people are going to get it if we're disingenuous. You know, they yeah. pick up on that right oh, away. Oh, absolutely. You know. They're great They're great readers of character. Yeah. There's a, you know, I, I have to admit, like, in community and even on the streets right now, one of the things, um, I don't know if I really realized this, but I was, I was contemplating just sort of some of the circumstances of, of just the other day mm-hmm. uh, when, when I was out in Harlem on Saturday. Um, and I was realizing that <clears throat> that there's a part of, of there's there's even a part of like being being loved and appreciated by my friends that mm-hmm. makes me a little nervous, you know. <laughs> and I'm not so sure what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, this is like an area where I'm inviting God to work in my life. But I think that it's because it seems to carry with it maybe a greater expectation, and uh, kind of like you know, kind of like somebody looking at me and saying you're my friend now. You're my really good friend, yeah. you know? Yeah. There's so, a, a weight to that, right? I mean, right. there's a, a responsibility. There's a burden of responsibility. Sure. Yeah. And so I think that might be what it is. It, I have to admit, it makes me a little bit nervous, you know, mm. um, because it goes outside of, of kind of the, the, um, the format, you know, it's like, we yeah. do have a format that, you know, kind of a framework that we serve from. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've done it long enough. I've got it down pat pretty much, you know, with maybe a few exceptions here and there, but, uh, you know, when, but the thing about the framework is, is, you know what to expect. So you can roll in there, you can set everything up the way it should be, kind of get things going and you're looking at the time and it's like, all right, you know, we're good. We're rolling. Things are moving here we're serving the soup. We're doing this and that. But funny thing about Harlan the other day to kind of get to the point was three people, three different people. Gave me little gifts the other day, just really? little things, right? And I'm not talking about like Christmas present, yeah. you know, but I know to them, you know, that gave me something, it was meaningful and it, and it meant something to me too, but it kind of stirred up this little, almost like kicking up the dust, you know, of my heart or something like that. You know what I mean? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like you ever like been a kid and you kick up all the dirt and pretty yeah. soon it's all surrounding you. It's up by your head and your face and you walk in, you got a dirty face and your mom's scowling at you, you know, okay, that <laughs> yeah. happened to me. So, you know, like you kick up all, so it kind of kicked, kicked up the dust of my heart, you know, wow. um, and three different people on the same day. So one of my friends, he gave me this like pecan brittle and it came all the way from Georgia. He's got family in Georgia. He lives in New York city, wow. you know, and like his mom sends it to him. So I know that this is like a meaningful thing. Yeah. And the stuff was good. Yeah. I ate the whole bag. I was going to like, <laughs> you know, I was going to share it with my kids. You're, you're, but you are a good that. eater. 
Yeah, I was. I'm. A, you know. I'm, you know. I've known that you. That's one lo- thing I'm good at. I've known you for thirty years, <laughs> and ever since I've known you, I was like, that man can eat. Yes, I can put it away. Yeah, you know? and it's not like you're obese or something. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't say anything. Uh, you, you just know, know a little here and there. You know how just... to. You know how to chow. I remember when you would come over to my family's house when we were in college. After we'd eat dinner, you know, there's leftovers on the table. We Start never, polishing it off. We never had leftovers <laughs> with you. You would be like, oh, this looks good to me. Yeah. And, and we were all happy. We are like, yeah. enjoy. <laughs> it's a survival instinct, I think, for me or something. Sorry. Else. Sorry to interrupt. So you're down no, no, to the, that's okay. the peanut it's, brittle. That's a very important you, attribute. You wiped out being. the peanut brittle. Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, it was this, this pecan brittle, right? Yeah, and yeah. I actually have never had that. And it was really good. Mm. Um, and so I like wiped out the whole bag on the way home and I was actually feeling a little bit queasy by the time I pulled into my driveway and then like it was caked around my teeth. So I'm like thinking about cavities and stuff. All this, you know, I don't know. That's just me. It was ridiculous, but it was good. You're like so, a little kid, like, yeah. but you know what? I know after outreach, I'm starving. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's no, four it's like, hours so out on the My blood sugar is low or something, yeah, you know? I mean, you're... Tired and hungry. Yeah. yeah. So you, okay. So you yeah. wiped it out. What were the other gifts? Yeah. So the other gift was like a, a can of coconut milk, you know? So one of my friends out there, she like dug through her bag of groceries. Wow. She's been toting around this bag of groceries and, you know, she goes out to get these from a food pantry or something, you know? Yeah. And she tried to find like the nicest thing in her bag that she could hand to me. And it was a, and, it, and you know what? I looked at it and I was mm-hmm. like, this is a really nice product, actually. If you were to get this off the shelf, it's sure. like for, you know, you might use it in Thai food or something like that because they had recipes on the on the back, you know. And I was like, well, that's really nice, you know. And then uh, uh, then another one of my friends, he gave me a little bottle of Tabasco, you know. <laughs> and I like I liked spicy stuff. So we were we were putting it in the soup. Oh, wow. And so, you know, so we were sitting there having like some hot soup. And I mean, the soup is hot, but yeah. not hot like that. Yeah, it's like spicy hot. So he gave me, uh, he gave me the rest of the bottle of Tabasco, and I'm, and so I was just kind of taking account of that, you know. When I walked away from outreach, I had like mm. this little, this little clutter of uh, gifts in my hands, you know, stuff I had to carry, and um, I don't know, you know, it's it's that's something like when people, and these are people come from all different backgrounds and situations uh, on the streets, and when they start loving you, I don't know, it just it's humbling to me. I guess that's all I can totally. say. Like I said, it kind of it kind of kicks up the dust in my heart. It makes me feel a little bit like, wow, you know, there's an expectation here. And all I really did, I don't know. It's just I've, I've said this before. I just I just show up, right? God puts the opportunity. We show up and we bring Jesus and something about that. You know, in myself, I feel deficient, yeah. but on the streets when I'm lifting him up, that's how people feel. So them giving gifts like that's how that's how it feels and these are not people with a whole lot of stuff yeah you know what i mean usually they're relying on us to bring some stuff exactly we're bringing them food right and and yet what you just i mean that that example you just gave is you see the fruit you're literally literally eating the fruit of community you know eating that pecan brittle because um people love to give presence to their friends right exactly and it's a beautiful thing it really is i mean the average person doesn't like to give presents just to wait to some stranger you know what i mean on the street right it's like man i like that guy it kind of gives you them joy to be like hey try this it's really good or this is for you it's special it's the best thing in my bag right yeah that's that is so humbling but it shows like i guess you know, when we go into these impoverished areas like the South Bronx or you know, Harlem and some areas, um, 
it's like community has been kind of devastated. Yeah. Like, it's like a bomb went off. Like the family's broken up. Um, the, the kids might be separated from yeah. their um, parents. There's just so much brokenness and dysfunction that for us to, um, to, to bring community to an area that needs kind of, um, kind of restoration or, you know, rejuvenation or <laughs> whatever. It's really amazing. It's like, they feel the richness yeah. of your relationship right. and it's feeding their souls that, that part of them that is hungry for real friends. Yeah. It's amazing. I think I might've shared this in a previous podcast, but, um, one time, one day when we left Harlem, um, it was at the end of the week, Saturday, and there was, you know, the bus was all packed up and ready to roll. And most of the people had left the area. And, uh, one, one individual, this gentleman walked up and he was talking about, you know, he, you know, we, I forget, he asked for one last something that we might've had or whatever. We talked for a moment, um, got him a cup of whatever we were serving that day. And he, he repeated this phrase over and over again. And it was, um, trying to remember exactly his word. It was, he said, he said, man, this, this place is really dark when you guys aren't here. Mm. You know, first he was like, you're going, you're leaving. Right. I'm like, yeah, it's time for us to head out. And he was like, oh, this place is really dark. But he didn't just say it once. He said it like, he kept saying it, Mm -hmm. you know, over and over again. And it just, it stuck in my head to where I just kept thinking about that. And um, well, I still did. think about it. I mean, obviously that was real deep in his heart for him to say it multiple times. Right. Like you, right. you don't like he's so other this, ways he's saying so this place is, you don't know the impact you're having. That's what he's saying. Like yeah. this, is, this is significant to me. And when you were saying that, you know, we go into these communities and it is, it was like, like a bomb has gone off. Like everything is broken, you know? Mm. And um, this is not in any way, putting us on a pedestal somehow above our friends on, on the streets. Like right. we are all coming from brokenness or have experienced brokenness in some form or fashion, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I myself has ex- have experienced to some degree homelessness mm. and, and broken family. Um, and, but there are people out there that they've just been through the ringer. Like, you know, they've, they've been rock bottom for so long and at so many times in their lives they're just so in touch with that need, you know? And so when we come out there, you know, and that light shines like darkness cannot hold the light back. Right. And mm. they just, they soak it all in as much as they can, yeah. you know, and it's beautiful. Now I agree with you. It's not like we come in on our white horse to save the day. It, no. It's more like we come with our own brokenness. Right. And it's like, I don't know when, when our brokenness meets their brokenness, you just find beauty. I, it's hard to describe. It's kind of there's healing in it. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of mystical. <laughs> it's spiritual, <laughs> I, you know. But it's not something you can just. It's not clinical. It's but it's very real. You know, um, a friend of ours uh, who's been coming to the relief bus for eleven years, I think, uh, Angel. Yeah. He um when he first came, he I I can't remember. We've talked about this before. It's so hard to remember now. We have this many episodes, but. He had he had been born actually in the womb. He his brain was deprived of oxygen or something, and so he had some brain damage. and And when he was born, even growing up in his family, um, he, his brother actually uh, harmed him, and he ended up in the hospital, which exacerbated the the uh, the brain issue. And so right. when he talks to us, and we see him every week, he he's 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 his intellect is real. Uh, it's much slower than someone his age. 
Um, by the way, he's the exact same age as me and you. He's yeah, 48. that's right. And um, of course, he'll tell you he just had his birthday. That's right. <laughs> and he, um, when he first came to the relief bus, he was filthy. Like he just, like he actually had excrement on his clothes and stuff. It was sad, you know. But uh, one of our teams said, "You know what? Bring your laundry. We're going to do your laundry. It's not normally what we do, but we're going to do it." which I thought was so incredible. And so they did his laundry. He brought it to the bus. And of course we had to go walk to a laundromat. We don't have one. And they tried to wash the clothes, but they were beyond saving. Like they were that far gone. So then one of the outreach leaders, he put the word out like, and everybody pitched in from everywhere and got them all new clothes. And from then on, and he gave his life to Jesus. That was amazing. And this timid man who was very broken Everyone who comes to our outreach from around the world remembers Angel. He glows. He has joy. He has peace. And he tells me, he goes, he goes, you all, you know, I've been here for 11 years with you guys. You're my family. And I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life. Yep. And he tells everybody that. And that's (laughs) community, right? So the reason I bring that up is, as you said, his birthday just happened, or yeah. it's about to happen. Right? Yeah, he's he's now forty nine. Okay, so yeah. he's a little older as than me. Of January twenty nine. <laughs> so, um, he uh, many years, almost every year, he celebrates his birthday with us, with the right. staff, and he'll come over to our base and eat some ice cream and watch a movie, and so he counts on it. Yeah, it's just does. like you said, yeah. when you have a friend, there's an obligation. There's actually a responsibility to right. take care of one another. So he expected us to have celebrate birthday with him. Yeah. Right. And, uh, every, this year, everybody kind of was going different directions and we had teams and there was a lot going on and it looked like, you know, I wasn't sure how it was going to happen. Well, I looked at my calendar and I was like, wait a second, Tracy, my wife is out of town. He could come over to my house. This could be guys night out, right. Yeah. Or, or guys yeah. night over. Uh, and he wanted to see Bruce Lee enter the dragon and I was like, well, that's a guy's night thing, right? right. My wife's not going to be interested in that. I was like, this is going to be fun. I started to get excited. And then Jan, our COO, she said, I'll make the birthday cake. And I was like, oh, this awesome. is getting better. Yeah. And anyway, so, uh, and then my buddy Sean K said he would come over. And I was like, oh, this is going to be really fun. So, you know, it went beyond just, okay. We're a charity. We go out and give things out and we help people and then there are clients and then that's it. Yeah. It's like, no, we've made a place for them in our heart and they made a place for us in their heart. And there is some kind of obligation there, but it, it's an obligation of joy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, the more I thought at first I was like, oh, can we, that's a schedule thing. But then I'm like, wait a second. I get to hang out with Angel. This is going to be great. It's going to rejuvenate and recharge my heart and, and I'm going to be with my brother. And it's, I just knew it's what I needed. Yeah. Because sometimes even when you work doing, you know, the things we do, you can get tired, you can get weary. You're doing, you're looking at spreadsheets, you're on the phone, you're doing meetings and they're all good things, but it can become weary or going out in the street every day can make you weary. Yeah. Um, but it's being with people that like reignites my heart. And like you said, kicks up dust in my soul. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm like, Oh, this is what's going to happen for me. Like, this is going to be good. I get, we're going to have a lot of fun together and I need this. Like I need him. Um, I need, I need community. You know what I mean? This isn't for just one sided thing for him. Like, no, I need this too. And so it's a, it's a joy to me. You know what though? 
Um, that discomfort that sometimes we have to do for a friend, any friend or any family member, um, it's a part of community. It's a part of relationship. And if you don't have that discomfort, that's probably not a very deep relationship. Yeah. If, unless you're probably not doing you much good either. If, unless you're putting yourself out at right. some point, at least, you know, that's kind of a shallow thing. Yeah. It's just kind of skin deep. Um, I, I was working out at the gym once and they had written, I think on the wall or something like, um, it says pain is just weakness leaving the body. I've seen that on a t-shirt, I think. Have you? Okay. <laughs> I, I never have, but I saw that and I was like, huh? Because at that point I really hated going to the gym. You know, I was just breaking in. How's that coffee? Is it getting cold? It's a little colder, okay. but you know, and it's still very tasty. Now it's iced coffee. Thank you for providing it. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Of course. Quite delectable. <laughs> so I thought about it like, okay, yeah, I'm stiff. My muscles are sore. You know, I just sweated, but you know, that pain, that's just a sign that it's working and weakness is leaving my body and I'm becoming stronger. And it got my head spinning like, but what about the community and relationships? Like when we have to put ourselves out, Yeah. like even for my own kids, right? I'm like, when I have to put myself out and I think, oh, this is a pain in, you know, in the neck and I have to do this for them. But then I'm like, wait a second, I'm growing in character. Yeah. I'm becoming less self-absorbed. I'm getting to put myself out. And this is the very thing I exist for. Like, this right. is what I want to get better at. And I, so That's I recognize really the discomfort, but I'm God like, designed this but this is shaping me. Yes. Yeah. It's making uncomfortable. My flesh doesn't like it, but I feel good about this. This is the direction I want to be headed with yeah. my life. Become more community capable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's true because you and I have similar personalities in a lot of ways, right? Like we're both introverts yeah. by nature, you know, it's kind of our natural but not the supernatural, mind you. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of our natural inclination is like to recharge kind of by ourselves. But um, I have to do the same. I have to process it a little differently in my head. I have to like think about it and realize exactly what you just said, which is, you know, this is all building me up. This is all good. And it is a lot like exercise because, you know, exercise does not feel good, but nothing makes you stronger, right? Nothing else makes yeah. you strong like that physically except to get some exercise and do a little hard work. So it's the same thing. Community can be some tough work. You know, there's, there's obligations that are sometimes uncomfortable. There's risk, there's responsibilities. Um, but it's really what God has called us to, you know? And so when he puts the opportunity in front of us to do community, uh, we need to take it. I encourage everybody to think in those terms and think about the flip side. Okay. If we don't go through the pain, we, we won't, become strong will remain weak right so in order to become mature christ-like giving loving encouraging uh community builders if we're not willing to do that we're going to kind of be an immature kind of weak you you know like we're our light's going to not shine that bright you know and i think that's why i love bringing out every year thousands of people out on the streets with us with new york city relief to do outreach because they're nervous. They're not sure what to expect. They don't know how to do it, right? Right. But then when they get, then they start doing it. They're like, "Well, I was freezing cold today, but I had this amazing encounter with this man, and he prayed for me, or he told me this story, and it changed my life." And it's yeah. like, it's like, yeah, they experienced the heartache of that person, but it didn't actually drag them down. That's what people think is going to happen sometimes. Yeah. It actually built them up because they got to come alongside that person and share their pain 
there's this phrase, I don't know if you've heard this, that pain when it's shared is not pain doubled, it's halved. Uh, so it cuts it in half when we share that burden with each other. Yeah. That's that, pretty cool. That makes sense. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what we get to do is take thousands of people out in the streets to meet somebody they never would have met from a neighborhood and they never would have gone to maybe. And, yep. and just, but see beauty and that's come our crazy alive. community, isn't it? You know? Yeah. It's awesome. So I think, yeah, I mean like one of the things like, um, I hear, I hear a lot from volunteers is, is they get out there on the streets and they see people coming up who are homeless and it's easy for them to tell that this, this individual I'm serving doesn't have very much. Mm-hmm. And then that guy looks to them they're feeling a little bit bad, but they're serving the soup and they're doing right. whatever they were asked to do, you know, and that guy looks at them and says, thank you so much. I really appreciate you all coming out here. I really appreciate what you guys are here and doing this for all of us. And they see this thankfulness. I hear this over, I, I mean, it's probably the thing I hear the most is yeah. like people are stunned. They're like amazed that our community of friends on the street, they actually like shine forth this mm. level of, of gratitude, yeah. you know, and then they turn it into encouragement for us and it builds us up and it encourages us to keep going, you know? So God has called us to do something yeah. that we know is, is good, right? And our friends out there, they actually feed back into us, encouraging us to keep doing the good things God has called us to. So really, I mean, if you think about it that way, our friends on the street literally are encouraging the destiny of God, mm-hmm. the destiny God has for us each of us to be fulfilled, right? Yeah. Isn't that something? They're encouraging us to say yes, like to this destiny, this great destiny God has called each and every one of us to. Yeah. So that's an amazing thing in and of itself, <laughs> an amazing aspect of community. Yeah. I Yeah. And at the volunteers, you're right. They're like, whoa, <laughs> like these people are, wow, really great. You know, they didn't know what to expect. And when they were so great, they were just like, Wow. I just didn't know what to expect, but I right. didn't expect this. Like they're yeah. really cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. you just, what a cool, what, how many p- cool people did I meet today? Um, you know, in midtown Manhattan or lower Manhattan or, or the yeah. Bronx or, or Newark, they're just like, wow, I had a great time sitting around that table and, 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 and breaking bread together. And that person, you know, we had respect for one another. We exchanged thoughts and ideas and emotions and, I'm better for it. You know, it's like, it's enriched my life. Right. You know, so that's what community does. That's, it's like, you know, if you want to look at it that way, you actually really get more out of it than you ever put into it. But, but I guess the lesson I want to share through this whole book, this chapter really is, um, I'm not good at community. Like, uh, you know, whenever I think of community, I think of church and they have small groups and that's how you're supposed to community. I was like, I really don't like small groups. (laughs) I don't. And sometimes I've led small groups. It's the right thing to do. And I want to, you know, I want to build community. So I'm trying, usually I'll be honest. I'm going to totally, this is my confession. I did it because my wife was into it. And I was like, well, I love my wife. So I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? I'm going to join the small group or lead the small group. But in reality, I was like, I'm just not into it. You know? Um, So so I feel, I feel like handicapped in a way, but I guess, I feel like God's given me a breakthrough, like working at New York City Relief on connecting with people who are absolute strangers and really, really um, something, it's like they, God used them to change me. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. 
I completely agree. And I'm thankful for their community embracing me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's no way you can, there's no way that you can, um, participate in community at this level, which is the level that God has called us to. Right. And I, I have to believe that he's called every single one of us as believers to some level of community similar, but maybe it looks different, you know, from, from where you're situated, but, um, there's no way you can do that level of community without being transformed and becoming more like the image of Jesus Christ, you know, yeah. and I, you know, you can see that's his plan, right? All along. He's doing it. He's bringing us closer and closer together all the time because he wants to just bless us. He loves us. Yeah. And, uh, well, this was a great chapter. This is fun. And, uh, hopefully, uh, you people listening, wherever you're at, at the grocery store with your, uh, your ear pods in, or is that what they call it? Earbuds, AirPods, ear pods. Yeah. I just made up a new thing. I think that's, yeah, <laughs> it's close enough. Yeah. Or it's, I think we need some ear pods. <laughs> I'm sipping my coffee before we go. Yeah, please. All right. Enjoy that Bustello. It's good to the last drop. That's that's a new slogan I just made up for mm. Bustello. Good to the last drop. Oh, yeah. I've never heard that with Bustello before. Yeah, well, I just I just created it from scratch. Uh, never right. heard it before. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is this is a fun chapter and. Uh, thanks for listening wherever you're at, you know, at the gym or, or maybe you're uh, commuting right now, whatever, who cares? Maybe you're, uh, you're you're goofing off at work and listening on your computer when you should be working. <laughs> Shame on you. Anyway, uh, I, I'm glad you're listening and I hope uh, hope you buy the book because there's, there's a lot more. There's a lot of really cool stories and I think you enjoy it. And uh, look out for the next chapter. It's coming up on the next episode. It's Provoked to Woo the Poor. Oh, yeah. That's a crazy concept. That so. sounds exciting. It one. is. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Craig. <laughs> it's been fun once again. All right. You'll have to go back to the introduction uh, to hear what he means when he says yes. Craig. So very, yeah. very first podcast. That's right. And thank you, Juan. Thank you for a splendid experience. I'll see you next time. All right. Till next time. Later. Later. Later.